Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. Thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Macy. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for midweek news and notes. So for that, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets for AM New York, Mr. Nick Faria. Nick, what's up, brother? How you doing? It's great to be back. Lots going on. And we should start with what's happening in the quarterback room. The Jets have added a veteran. So, of course, the buzz was about maybe Carson Wentz, maybe Nick Foles. There was even some talk about Matt Ryan coming out of retirement, which he shot down himself saying that he's not interested in coming back. He's happy being in the broadcast booth and not getting hit anymore at 38 years old. In the end, the Jets turned to a familiar face, Trevor Simeon, who, of course, was here a couple of years ago and unfortunately didn't last very long. He got into the game against the Cleveland Browns and Miles Garrett almost ended him. He folded him into the accordion and that began the Luke Falk era, which was a very unfortunate era and it didn't last long, obviously. So Simeon is back. He'd been hanging around. He actually played against the Jets last year. He started when Justin Fields was hurt. He was fighting for that Cincinnati Bengals backup job, lost out to Jake Browning. Look, Nick, we can talk all we want to about the fact that the Jets should have done more in the offseason to get a backup quarterback who is capable. I think there's no doubt about that. We've discussed this at length. Teddy Bridgewater was available as late as August. They could have done that. They decided to roll with Zach Wilson and it burned them, and now they needed to get a veteran. Now, we talked about the fact that they probably should have gotten one a couple of weeks ago, better late than never, and people were upset about Simeon because he's not a sexy name. Look, let's be honest about it. Trevor Simeon's not really all that good of a quarterback, but what did you expect the Jets to be able to do at this point? Any team at this point is not trading a decent backup. They need him. We've already seen a bunch of them get into these games. Andy Dalton had to play for Carolina. Jameis Winston had to play for the Saints. 
Gardner Minshew had to play for the Colts. So none of those guys are getting traded right now. And if you look at who's out there, it's slim pickings. It ends up being Simeon. He's not the greatest option, but he was about the best they were going to be able to do. So he'll come in here. Doesn't look like he's going to be active for Sunday, but I would expect that if Zach Wilson struggles, he'll be waiting in the wings, perhaps for your Philadelphia Eagles, Nick, when they take them on the following week. Yeah, and this is really a a multi-layered situation, right? You know, you look at the signing of Simeon and the vacuum of who he is. And quite frankly, let's be let's be very honest about it. His numbers are not bad as a backup quarterback. I understand that he's lost the last six starts, but those six starts were teams that just weren't very good. Talk about the Chicago Bears last year, his start against the New York Jets. That Bears team was atrocious. They were easily the worst team in football. It's the reason why. They had a top overall pick going into that particular draft. So to me, if you're looking at a backup quarterback, a backup quarterback is able to win with the pieces around them. If you don't have good pieces, the backup quarterback isn't going to win. And I think Simeon is a very intriguing choice because he has shown when there is talent around him, a la with the Denver Broncos that one year that he was the starting quarterback when Manning retired, He finished with an above 500 record. He had a very good touchdown interception ratio. He was not bad in any sense of the word. He was severely limited as a passer, but you can have a limited passer and still be successful in an NFL season. So there's some merit to the Simeon signing that I think could work out for the Jets if they play their cards right correctly. That's obviously very difficult to do when you have different injuries and everything else that goes along with it. But I know a lot of people were on the Carson Wentz train. I was to a certain perspective. But honestly, the fact that they made the move to Simeon should allow some trust in the organization for one simple purpose. Joe Douglas was in the organization with Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl with both Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. And he decided to go without either of them. He didn't sign either of them. He didn't have a workout for them. None of it. That is very telling to me where Douglas's sort of mindset is at the quarterback position. So it's very telling he didn't go after his former quarterbacks. Uh, he clearly went with the guy that is is going to be the number two to Wilson uh, and can easily start in a pinch should Wilson get hurt or or the offensive play continue to struggle. I should say, Nick, people should really start asking themselves, why Carson Wentz was dumped by three teams in three consecutive seasons and now is unemployed. There's a lot to that story. His poor play is a big part of it. And so he ends up not coming in here and continues to be unemployed. We'll see if somebody else picks him up if there's an injury later on. But we can talk about another quarterback who is the greatest quarterback in Jets history, Joe Namath. He was on the Michael K show this week, and he has had absolutely enough of what's going on with the Jets right now. He said he's seen enough of Zach Wilson, called his performance disgusting. He said, I didn't take anything positive out of it. It was awful. On the first untouched sack, he said, you sit down, you sit down on a play, you go right down. What happened? I thought you're trying to win and make plays. You quit on a play. What's going on? It's disgusting. And I'll be honest, Nick, I get it. Joe Namath, the legend, and he's played the quarterback position, and he's probably just worn out from seeing all this terrible quarterback play the last bunch of years from the Jets. But this seemed pretty harsh, Nick. 
I don't know what it is. Maybe he's just so fed up that he's taking everything that the Jets have done the last few years, all the failures out on Zach Wilson. I don't know that the kid necessarily deserved it. He played very poorly against the Patriots. No one's denying that. But my goodness, I've never seen Namath that kind of fire for anybody. Look, and I'll sit here and say this. Joe Namath, I'm not going to question his stance in Jets history um, because I don't want to vilify myself on my first year as the beat uh, for the Jets. Let's just put that out there. But uh, Robert Sala spoke today because Wilson was not the only one that drew his eye. He went after Sala. He went after Douglas and basically saying that they picked the wrong players. They're putting him in a bad position. He basically questioned everyone with a pulse within that organization. Uh, To a point, I think he was out of line for a couple of different reasons. Uh, Number one, this conversation's not happening if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, even if they lost on Sunday with him at quarterback. If the Jets were one and two with Aaron Rodgers right now, there would not be this kind of panic. And if there were, some people's heads would need to be examined because it's a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's the fact that Wilson's the backup. He hasn't played well throughout his career. None of that adds up to being any example that he can improve down the later stretches of his career. So everyone's in panic mode. I get it. I understand. When you are an all-time great as a fan, though, as an all-time great player, and you're trashing the team to the fan base, it just doesn't scream like a good look to me. Because if you're an all-time player, you want the fan base rallying around these guys, trying to improve in any sense of the imagination. And Robert Sala pretty much said, listen, my door is always open for Joe Namath. I'm never going to close the door for him. If he wants to have a conversation, I will gladly have that conversation. We'll agree to disagree. Personally, I thought Sal was very professional with that response. We don't talk to Zach Wilson until tomorrow. Um, but ultimately, it, it's it's not so much that it's a disappointment, but some of it definitely is out of line. Look, you can be frustrated. Keep it to yourself. You're an all-time player. You're a Hall of Fame player. You don't need to be going around social media just because you finally learned how to use Twitter. I will say, Nick, I think it's just one of those situations where Joe Namath has been frustrated for so long because this team has made a lot of really bad decisions. I joked about this on Twitter, but they drafted two quarterbacks in the top three between the years 2018 and 2021, and they ended up having to trade for Aaron Rodgers two years after that, and now we're sitting here talking about Trevor Simeon. So I understand why he's upset. And I understand why a lot of Jets fans were taking to what Namath said because he was articulating what a lot of them feel. That said, Aaron Rodgers feels a little bit differently. He was on the Pat McAfee show, and he had a very different message for the Jets and Jets fans. Yeah, I mean, it was basically part of my French, but calm the F down is what he said to everybody. Um, And also to people in the locker room as well. And I thought his message to the locker room was probably the best message you could probably give as a leader. Um, you talk about, you know, he was very disappointed in some of the sideline outbursts. Garrett Wilson seemed to get into an argument with Nathaniel Hackett. Michael Carter had to be pulled away from his running back coach. There were these different examples where, yes, they're young players, but it's just a sign of immaturity and sort of just a lack of understanding of where you are at all times. If you're going to have an outburst, you have it in behind closed doors where no one can hear it. You try to resolve that there, not out in the open for everyone to see because that breeds dysfunction. And that's kind of where Rodgers was talking about. So him telling the offense to grow up, him telling the fan base to calm down, I thought it should be as reassuring as any message the Jets have had over the last few years 
He's going to be involved in the organization in some capacity this year. He's probably going to be joining the team at some point, either this week or in the next couple of weeks. And I think when he comes back, everything is going to settle down because he is that calming presence in the locker room that they so desperately miss right now. People forget this is still a very, very young football team. Uh, You know, Dwayne Brown is older, but he's on IR. Connor McGovern's older, but he's only a center. There's only so much that he can do as a leader of the offensive line. There's some veterans here, but they're not paired, and there's not a lot of them because this is a youth movement. They are trying to build overall, and they've done a marvelous job at that. The talent level on this team is right there. Roger sees it. Everyone sees it. That's why everyone's so frustrated that they're one and two and their one weakness is at the quarterback position. But Rodgers coming in with that message is uh, I thought was very helpful, very enlightening. Uh, and if the fan base learns anything from it is if they start one and two next year with Rodgers at quarterback, don't think you can pass off this freaking out you know, nonsense because it's not going to fly. This is the NFL. Grow up. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk a little bit about Zach Wilson now and Robert Salas handling of the situation. I've said many times that one of the most important parts of being a head coach is understanding the push and pull. There's so much that goes into that job, managing personalities, being able to deal with egos, public comments, private comments. And sometimes you have to know exactly what the right balance to strike is. Robert Sala has to make sure that he exudes confidence in his struggling young quarterback. But he also has to make sure he doesn't go overboard to the point where other players on the team are going to feel upset about him possibly being viewed as a Wilson apologist. And Robert Sell was very much in danger of looking like that's what he was because his comments about Zach Wilson were just not in line with reality. He was talking about how we're seeing so much more from Zach Wilson than people are giving him credit for. He's actually been playing really well. We've got to do more to help him. Now, that was fine the first two weeks when he was legitimately showing some improvement. This past week against the Patriots, we can argue about why it happened, but Zach Wilson was terrible, and there's no way that you can go to a press conference and start talking over the top about how he's actually better than anybody thought. I thought today he was a little bit better. He said, look, we all know that he hasn't played well, but we still believe in him. I think that's more along the lines of what he needs to do. But you can understand why some of the players in the locker room were probably starting to get frustrated. Nick, talk a little bit about this. And you also had the opportunity to talk to a key member of the Jets locker room on the offensive side of the ball. He shed some light on this. What did he have to say? Talking, of course, about Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, so I'll start with Salah's piece and Wilson's part in this as well. So, you know, Rich Cimini, uh came out with a report yesterday on his podcast um, saying that uh, it seems that, you know, if he continues this way, Salah, that is, uh, and where he's just blindly apologizing for Wilson's poor play and defending him, that he could lose the locker room and frustration is already beginning to mount. The conversations that I have had, now I sat down with Elijah Vera Tucker for a very long time today after practice, and we kind of got into it, and I basically asked him, uh, you know, is he in danger of losing the locker room? And the one thing AVT said that was very interesting to me was he basically mentioned, listen, he, it, this isn't his locker room. This is a player's locker room. And he walked in, you know, as head coach of the New York Jets, he pushed out and said, this is a player's locker room. I'm going to have nothing about it. We want to bring in leaders 
to run this locker room the correct way. I'm not going to have any part of it. Um, and that's basically been maintained this entire time. And that's something that AVT also mentioned, where the leaders in the locker room uh, were already strong. Everyone's still on the same page. Everyone is frustrated because, of course, they are. They've lost you know, the last two games. They haven't had 200 yards of offense in any game so far this season. But frustration doesn't mean that they're ready to, to you know, get into fights with the offense or get into arguments or, you know, this is my side, this is your side, screw you, that type of thing. That's not what's happening here. This is professional frustration, which means everyone is trying to get better and everyone is working to get better. better. So I don't think, at least from the conversations that I've had, uh, that he's in danger of losing the locker room anytime soon. It seems very simply that these are this is a professional organization. Salah is treating them like adults. And they are doing exactly that. They're acting like adults. They're not going over and complaining about this or that. They're trying to resolve the issues currently at hand. Um, so based on the things that I have heard, it doesn't look like he's in danger right now. Everyone knows what they need to do. They need to improve. Now, you mentioned, Scott, of the, the latest point on you know Zach Wilson and how potentially he's being coddled and everything else. I think that's fair to a point, but I do agree. Today's press conference uh, for Salah was far better uh, than the last couple, where he basically said, yeah, the offense has not played well. The special teams has played great. Defense has played great. But the offense is lacking behind, and that's a big problem. We have to fix that. So him coming out and saying that I think certainly helps because, he, like you said, it's that balance. The Listen, we have, we have Zach Wilson's back. AVT pretty much said that as well. We have Zach Wilson's back, but we need to get better, and this is how we can get better. We can improve on third down. We can improve our rush offense, all these little different things that maybe would help him in the long run, but he also needs to step up as well. So this was a fundamental, important day for, for Salah, in my opinion. I don't think he's lost the locker room yet. If he has, it hasn't been shown to either offense or defense because Quinnen Williams pretty much said the exact same thing. Um, but, yeah, ultimately it's, um, you know, it's just part of the process, and, and I think they're, they're slowly getting to that point. Nick, we've heard from Robert Sala the last couple of days. Also, the newest member of the Jets, Trevor Simeon, some of the other players. Take us through some of the highlights. Yeah, so, and again, I think AVT was probably the biggest one where he basically said, listen, we're not panicking, we're trying to improve. And I'll tell you this, if there's one thing that I saw um, through the All-22 footage uh, and, and through the tape, it really is that the offensive line played quite well. I know they gave up three sacks, but a lot of them were really coverage sacks or, or a case of Wilson holding on to the ball too long. Uh, the offensive line played pretty well, and that was with Makai at left tackle, AVT at right, and Joe Tippin making his first start. Tippin played very, very well. Um, so ultimately, I think this offensive line might be here to stay for the, for the near future because uh, they just have played very well. They played very well, uh, and I think once the quarterback starts finding the open receiver, and there were plenty of open receivers in week three, uh, this offense can start to move comfortably and confidently and show that they can do the job that they're expecting to do. So uh, AVT's comments are very important. I would say Salah's comments were very important. Uh, and the big one, of course, is Quinn and Williams, because the one thing that he said that I really liked and I thought was interesting, you know, he's still a young guy. He's, what, 25, 26 years old, coming off a mega contract of his own. He's played very well to this point. But even he said, he's like, it's not like we can't get better as a defense. I need to get more sacks. The defensive line needs to get more sacks. 
And to a point, I would agree with him. I think the defense would be even better if they had pressured Mac Jones a little bit more in that week three game. Not saying that they're at fault for their loss, because they are definitely not. They gave up 13 points. If you give up 13 points, you should win that game. But adding a couple more sacks and rattling that quarterback, maybe that forces a turnover, you know, forces something else and forces the defense, forces the opposing offense into a a better position. So ultimately, everyone understands in this organization that there's things that they could do personally to get better. And that internal reflection uh, is certainly certainly apparent the minute you walked into the building today. Uh, This team is pissed off but it's pissed off at the right people themselves. They're focusing on themselves and how they can improve as overall people and not just as a unit. One way that they might be able to improve is to use Miko Hardman a little bit more. Some strange comments from Robert Sala on his lack of usage. I understand that sometimes the game dictates that certain guys get more playing time than others, but Hardman has practically been inactive. He's been on the roster, but they haven't used him at all. This is a guy that has speed they could certainly utilize. They paid him a decent amount of money in the offseason. I don't understand what's going on here, and Salah's comments were very confusing. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. I thought Salah had a good press conference today. That was probably the one where everyone kind of just looked and said, what? That doesn't make any sense. Um, the, the thing with Hardman is you need plays. You need positive plays on offense. Uh, and when you need positive plays, you get them any way you can, whether it's a reverse, whether it's, you know, a speed option, getting the quarterback moving uh, in read options. It doesn't matter. Anything like that will certainly help. And McCole Hardman has the speed, arguably the fastest guy on the team to be able to help this team in the long run. So I think it's very questionable as to why he hasn't played yet. Um, I know they like Randall Cobb because he can block and he knows the offensive system. But at some point, the results have to show. And this offense is not moving the ball effectively. Maybe it does if they have a speed demon in the slot where you have to respect them. You know, it'll be interesting to see how they play the Chiefs uh, on Sunday because it's going to be Hardman's former team. But but if I'm the Jets, this is a no-brainer. If you're looking for effectiveness on offense, both Jeremy Ruckert, who did not play a lot either, and McCole Hardman, uh, they have to be seeing the field a ton more. Nick, where are we at on injuries? Nothing too big. Uh, right now, the only two guys that haven't practiced, Tony Adams and Wes Schweitzer, uh, neither played on Sunday. Both were out of practice today. There's been no game designation from Salah at this point. I think it's going to be a wait and see over the next uh, couple of days. A um, couple different uh, things. Mackay Becton, Brees Hall continuing in their rehab. They were limited today. Uh, those guys are expected to play in their usual positions without any issues. Uh, Michael Clemens was on the injury report, but he was a full participant, so he's not uh, expected. So pretty much this team is fully healthy and ready to go outside of, of the injury to Adams. The interesting one, though, is with the Kansas City Chiefs, and they are qu- quite banged up going into this week four matchup. Uh, obviously, a few guys should be expecting to play in that Sunday night game, but the big one that didn't practice today was linebacker Nick Bolton. Uh, and Robert Sala mentioned that the linebacking core of this Chiefs defense is one of their biggest strengths. They get after the quarterback. They're very good in coverage. They're all athletic. Bolton's pretty much the leader of that unit. Uh, and if he's out, that could be a huge, huge problem uh, for Steve Spagnuolo's group. There could, again, be plays to be had on offense if the quarterback makes the throws to be able to get there. Bolton's a really good player. Reminds me a lot 
a former New York Jet and guy who won Defensive Rookie of the Year, Jonathan Vilma, who, of course, went on to the Super Bowl with the Saints. Hey, if Nick Bolton's out, though, the Chiefs might be able to replace his energy and all the positive vibes that he brings with an appearance from Taylor Swift, which looks like it's going to happen. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Listen, you know, obviously, you know, the Kelsey brothers are great. The New Heights podcast is awesome. I will always be partial to Jason uh, because of who he is and what he represents for the city of Philadelphia. Um, so whenever, when I saw Travis and this whole thing go out of proportion, I just kind of wanted to ignore it. And my wife, who is not a football fan, uh, has been stuffing it down my throat for the last 48 hours. So I am now, I've now gone from peacefully trying to ignore it to completely sick of it. Nick, I think for everybody's sake, those two need to break up immediately. I listen, I would say that, although there are some instances in football history where a high profile girlfriend has actually been the detriment to a team. You know, the, the Jessica Simpson, Tony Romo escapade in 2006 and the Cowboys basically lost the division uh, in the last two games because she was at those games by herself waving at Tony on the field. Maybe this happens. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, it's I'm just I'm so done with it. It's so annoying. Didn't seem to affect the Chiefs last week, and hopefully that changes this week. Maybe, as you said, Taylor Swift being there will be a negative presence. That's all I can hang my hat on right now because I am so sick and tired of hearing about the two of them. Speaking of being sick and tired of hearing things, I think we're all tired of the Zach Wilson discourse, but Willie Gay isn't. Willie Gay, Chiefs defensive player, had some interesting words about not just Wilson, but the Jets in general. Yeah, it was was quite interesting. Um him basically saying, they asked him, you know, how do you prepare for the Jets offense? And it's like, well, they want to run the ball, uh, which, you know, quite obvious. And I think Josina Anderson um, for FS1 had probably the best quote of it all of, she's got to be careful. You know, it, Zach Wilson's many things, but he's not a punk. And if you give him a little inch of anything, a little inch of motivation, maybe that turns the key. Um, again, I'm not saying it's going to. I think, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd hammer the Chiefs' money line right now and immediately. Um, but the thing that I will I will bring up, though, and I think it's very important to remember, any team can beat anyone on any given Sunday. Uh, and the biggest example came from those same Chiefs just last year. They had won the Super Bowl that year, walked into Indianapolis, and lost a game to Matt Ryan and arguably the least talented team in football that year in the Colts. They were blown out. It wasn't close. And from a game perspective, I know the score was close, but the game was just dominated by the Colts. Uh, if if the Chiefs aren't careful, they are definitely susceptible to an upset alert, um, particularly if the Jets get the running game going because they can control the clock effectively uh, when they do. So I know Gay wants to make those comments. I know a lot of those Chiefs players may not, may not think that they're, the Jets are much of a threat. But ultimately, you don't want to you don't want to give anyone motivation in the NFL, uh, and they may have done that there. Maybe the comments from Gay and the possibility of showing off in front of Taylor Swift is what turns the tide for Zach. Oh, we can only hope. Nick Faria, who covers the Jets for AM New York, thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the midweek news and notes with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to follow you on social media and check out what you've got going on this week, a lot that you've already reported and a lot that you will report. What do you got cooking and how can people follow you on social media? 
Yeah, so follow me on Twitter, uh, at Nick underscore Faria, F-A-R-I-A, 1720. Uh, I've got a, a couple of stuff uh, planned out. Uh, today, We're actually I'm actually publishing the uh, Elijah Bear Tucker story uh, within the next couple of hours, so check on that on my social media pages. Um, but yeah, some stuff on Quinnen, some stuff on the breakdown of, of the game. Uh, there will be no Taylor Swift uh, articles coming out, thank God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an exciting time. I know a lot of people are frustrated, but um, this is as good a time as any to follow because if they pull off an upset, we're all right back on the bandwagon. Make sure you check out everything Nick is doing for AM New York and follow him on Twitter. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some awesome all 22 breakdowns on our channel. So watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in the New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. <laughs>